1: Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball?
2: Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Basketball Podcast. podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, with the leaf hat and downtown Magneto on shirt are you? (laughs)
1: Quite a mix, but yes, I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. We're in the third round now,
2: Fred. Any regrets? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no regrets, yeah. No, I, I'm feeling good. Uh, again, I'm, I'd I'm, say
1: us as fans, not as the, the Raptors, obviously.
2: Yeah, no, no regrets. I mean, you know, I maybe believed in svee a bit too much <laughs> I, at the beginning. You did of the go hard,
1: that. yeah. You were hard on uh going hard yeah. for Svi. Svi, Jesus. Um, Mr. Smee,
2: Mr. Smee. I was going hard <laughs> for Smee from Hook. <laughs> Uh, he needs to be back you know like uh the Bob Hoskins who's that <laughs> yeah that's him yeah um yeah that's him <laughs> <laughs> okay This is a hot start um well you know yeah if you're tuning in for the first time uh, we're not just riff maniacs we are uh hardcore raptors fans and comedians and analysts and uh you know a, a bunch of different types as our raptors fans in general um yeah, uh, we're on Raptors Republic here. Uh, Matty D, if people want to, you know, find us, subscribe, hit up our Patreon, you know, whatever, help us out. How are they going to do that?
1: Uh, you know, as always, just check out our show notes. We've got our links there. You know, we've got the old Confederacy Dunks link tree that can send you everywhere you need to go, raptorsrepublic.com. But Freddie, we didn't talk about this before because we forgot we have such short memories, but we should talk a little bit about those hot political ads we were playing last week at the end of the that, episode.
2: That's right. Um, well, uh, yeah, I feel I'll, I'll just jump right yeah. in. If you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you'll know I'm not a supporter of, uh, Doug Ford and, uh, his political party, uh, in any capacity. So, you know, we, we had some, uh, some Doug duggy ads slip in there. <laughs> I just moved to uh, a writing where Michael Ford, his uh, nephew, I believe is running and, um, I mean, yeah, he came to my door, let him have it. So uh, that's part of who I am. That's part of who my family is. Uh, Guess what? I didn't even like Ford Senior, part of the Harris government. So I I go deep on this. But um, yeah, so just if if you heard a Ford ad, I'm not a Ford guy. If you are a Ford guy that still listens to this podcast, thanks. I'm sure we could uh, talk it out. But um, yeah, and I'll just say
1: to reiterate that uh, all political ads in elections are supposed to be blocked but somehow the PCs, you know they're a little bit slippery they got a little bit of that you know 1960s playbook that they like to do so they're sure, probably yeah. marking it as like you know a baby formula ad or something and it's sure. slipping through so
2: <laughs> yeah what was that uh what was that robo call uh conservative scam like john poutine or whatever <laughs> they slip one of those in there you know there you go we, we got robo tricked yeah but um yeah, th- yeah. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, Matt. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, but yeah, if uh, if, if people want to, you know, follow us and uh, catch up on stuff, how are they going to do that?
1: Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, as I said, go to uh, raptorsrepublic.com. That's probably your best spot. And uh, yeah, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, please like, please comment. We like the comments. And uh, yeah, write a review if you're on the old Apple Podcasts.
0: Sick.
2: Um, I will also say, just before we get rolling here, there have been some developments on the, uh, you know, minor developments on the uh, Brittany Griner situation. Me and friend of the pod, Catherine Niker, cover it in uh, our most recent podcast. So make sure you check that out. Uh, uh, the Pickup, a WNBA podcast. Uh, it's not fun to talk about, but we like to not ignore things for that reason. I also want to just do a quick shout out to friend of the podcast, Ennis Esmer, who had me over for poker on uh, on Saturday night. And uh, I got to meet, you know, people I've listened to and um, enjoyed for a long time. Alex Wong, Will Liu and uh, Joe Wolfon as well. Shout out to Wesley Chang, who was uh, also there. Uh, I met him. He's a great guy. Plus some comedians. Uh, It it was a blast. So uh, shout out to those guys. It's nice to meet people you listen to for a long time and find out they're really nice. So uh, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, I just want to shout them out and uh, I think, yeah, let's, let's get rolling here. Let's start talking Raptors ball. Uh, The first guy I'm going to bring on uh, is also someone I've listened to for years and he, he's been on the podcast before, but he's a great guy. I uh, respect his opinion and I'm always so excited when he's on the podcast Uh, I'm sure he's going to hit me with some gems today Uh, from the locked on network, locked on Raptors, uh, you know, check out everything he does. He's a, he's a, he's a great personality in rat in the Raptors world. And um, yeah, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone for Sean Woodley.
3: i'm very happy to be on the confederacy of doug podcast it's very very exciting (laughs) yeah
2: yeah that's that's our new name confederacy of doug Um, what's up dude thanks for doing the pod man
3: yeah thanks for having me i'm really happy to be back on it's uh, always good chatting ball with
2: you guys hell yeah um well uh yeah let's keep this train rolling and bring on guest number two uh, he's been on the podcast a couple times. Uh, I, I don't know if we're in no new friends territory. I don't think so. We'll keep bringing new people on, but um, he's an incredible basketball personality. He's a Raptors fan, but he's also a Mavs fan, which, you know, I think it's perfect time to bring him on because he's, uh, he's probably the only hardcore Mavs fan I know. And it's legit. Um, I, I met him through Alan Shane Lewis uh, and he's, uh, you know, he rocks a uh, blow the hardwood. And uh, yeah, just a great personality as well. Great basketball mind. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone for Ryan Henry.
0: Love the intros, guys. Every time I come on here, I'm just like, I'm getting an intro. I'm getting an intro. Nobody (laughs) gives me an intro. I love it. It's great. It's
2: great. Plus, you have some openly sourced music from Maddie D. No royalties. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, No royalties. No, we're not there yet. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe if we get there, that like we'll probably still do this. Uh, But um, yeah, let's let's dive right in and we'll start talking some rappers ball. Uh, Maddie, good sir. I don't know what kind of what kind of you know website stuff you going on, but uh, you have it going on, but. Give me your, your, your most delicious Raptors sting. Breaking news like the Wu-Tang Clan. The Toronto Raptors ain't nothing to fuck with. I'm Anderson.
0: Okay. That is new. I was not expecting that. <laughs> no. Um, the real that, Maddie
3: D that we acknowledge over here
2: Yeah, yeah, this is the real Maddie D, okay And I'm the real Jack, um, no <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Matty D, I always gotta shout out Um, whatever weird website he found <laughs> That now, uh, dominates all of the, the sound Uh, sound bites, uh, or sound folio, whatever I think that was Anderson Cooper Nice,
1: yeah, uh, I, I, I can't I believe you got that one I think he said his name at the
2: end. He I'm did.
1: People, so <laughs> he <yeah>. did.
2: <laughs> that's how I got it. Because, um, I don't know, it sounded like a robot. They all sound like a robot. I don't know, man. Um, Maddie D, please uh, never, never stop doing what you're doing. It's a weird and amazing. Um, okay, let's, let's go here. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to ask you first. And, uh, yeah, this is... Um, it's sort of a convoluted question. So take it whatever way you want, but I've, I'm not the only person, but I feel like this, this Raptor season we just witnessed, it has these kind of like origin style vibes. Obviously we have, uh, you know, Boucher, OG, Fred and Siakam, and they were here when we won it all. But it also feels like, you know, a totally new era. Lots of young guys on the team. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we were the youngest team, although Masai made a joke that Thaddeus Young threw that off. But, um, you know, we're definitely one of the youngest teams. And, um, yeah, it just feels like a, the, the new era sort of thing. And I'm kind of getting vibes of, like, the, that that season, the 2013-14 season when the Raptors, um, you know, made the Rudy Gay trade and kind of just, like, stormed the back half of the year. And we lost to the Brooklyn Nets uh, in seven. There's the Paul Pierce block. Kyle laid on the floor. Obviously, the you know the, the 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 series against the Sixers was not you know we didn't get that close. But um, yeah, it feels like it's it's the beginning of something. So, with that said, accepting that analogy, if you will. Um, what should fans expect for next year? Like, what trajectory is this team on? Like, are we gonna have a better regular season and get swept in the first round? Like, like that Raptors team, or is it is it, is the incline faster? What's the deal?
0: So, so, I'm gonna go ahead and say next year we are going to be the new 2021-2022 Memphis Grizzlies. We you are took my to answer.
3: This. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Honestly, sorry. I just want to say an you answer, can see us. go nuts. I got see the that. parallels. The parallels yeah. are there. We're gonna be we're gonna be fun. Our our number one guy. I don't know if he's gonna be the number one guy, but Scotty Barnes is bringing a new culture and just energy to this team. So we're gonna be fun. We're gonna be energetic. Uh, we're gonna be making that huge leap that they just did this year, Uh, people are gonna be scared of us in the playoffs. We're gonna be that black horse going into the playoffs, or sorry, the dark horse going into the playoffs. Um, We're gonna flame out probably in the second round, but we're gonna have, we're gonna beat, we're gonna beat the expectations uh, next year. We're gonna have a full year with Scotty under his, uh, a full year with uh, Scotty Barnes under his belt. Um, You're gonna have Fred, who's gonna come back hopefully healthy. Um, the team is going to be good. And hopefully we get that big, that that man in the middle that can really, really put this together. So I feel like everything is there for a Memphis Grizzlies. You're going to see them dancing. You're going to see them having fun. Maybe we get a whoop that trick anthem some somehow. I don't know. I'm, I wanted a new anthem. Uh, maybe Drake or somebody could do something. I don't even care. It could be Bieber, could be whoever. But I, I just see a lot of Memphis Grizzlies in 2021 Memphis Grizzlies in the next year Raptors.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I feel like I got to go to Sean quickly here uh, <laughs> just because, you know, having the same answer is hilarious and, you know, shows were, were in the same track. Uh, I'll just say, um, you know, uh, that, that, that Juno's performance by Mustafa was incredible. So maybe Mustafa stay alive uh, could be a good anthem, but, uh, or, or maybe he makes something specifically, but um yeah, I, I like the Memphis comparison. I think that, uh, you know, we've seen Masai, man, even way back to, you know, his first GM, uh, you know, first go at GM in, in Denver. Like, he, this guy knows how to, like, load the chest with assets, develop and win at the same time. And, you know, we did see that he was able to also, like, finesse at the end and, and make, like, a, I mean, not a super team, but, like, an incredible – team that was very worthy of the championship that they won. Um yeah, Sean, you know, or yeah, your your, your answer is also the Grizzlies. Um I'm sorry, Ryan stole your your thunder. that's okay. But also... I have a
3: backup now. It's all okay. good.
2: Nice, nice. <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, I mean, for me, if I'm going to, I'll pull a Raptors comparison and I'll die it all the way back to 2000, 2001, hmm. the year where they go to the second round. They lose in seven to the Sixers. Vince becomes like an international sensation in his third season. Scotty's only going to be in his second year, but. I could see a similar sort of thing where Scotty becomes like a darling and, you know, gets like a hilarious number of all-star votes because Canada stuffs the ballot, Uh, you know, becomes, you know, it's a little bit different team dynamic. It'll be a slightly less arthritic version of the Raptors. I would say, considering that team had 40 year old Charles Oakley (laughs) and like 47 year old Kevin Willis and 39 year old Antonio Davis. It goes on and on, but Yeah, I I think like similar sort of vibes, except it's not going to crater and be sad afterwards. I think it's going to kind of be the beginning as as if the Vince Carter era went the way it was supposed to go, I would say. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good one. It's not a perfect one. You know, the Raptors are obviously way younger now than they were back then. But with mm-hmm. Scott, he kind of as this sort of central star that everyone loves. You know, he's not going to throw down dunks like Vince Carter, but he might throw a no look pass near a Frenchman. And that would be really cool, too. Uh, and so
2: yeah, yeah, near a Frenchman, really
3: go, <laughs> Watch out Rudy Gobert. It's uh, it is, watch your head top. But uh, yeah, 2000, 2001 Raptors. I'll go with that comparison.
2: I love it. These are some pretty cool answers. Uh, thanks for, for taking my weird question and going with it. Um, yeah, I actually don't have, uh, like, but my answer is sort of, I feel like we're, we're heading into some kind of combination. Like, I think we're going to have more success in the first round. Like, I don't think we're going to, you know, have an improved record and then just like collapse in the first round sort of thing. Uh, And and I don't want to be just optimistic, but I feel like based on what happened this year, there will be, even if, even if the front office admits it or not, that I think there will be a more concerted effort to, to boost the bench and not necessarily rest Fred, but put him in a situation where hopefully, you know, there's more scoring and we can, you know, have a, a blowout every once in a while where, you know, it's not like we're giving him games off, but he's just not leading the league in minutes sort of thing. I also feel like there's, uh, there, you know, I'm just feeling that, that that time in Raptors history when, you know, uh, DeMar got an all-star and then uh, I think was injured the next year and, and Kyle got an all-star. And then there's that third year where they were both all-stars. I, I'm feeling that for Pascal and Fred. I think they're both going to be all-stars at the same time. I think the Raptors are going to be a, you know, uh, like a home court team, you know, maybe not, probably not first or second, but uh, I think maybe third or fourth, but with some separation on fifth and sixth. And uh, I think Scotty is in in this perfect situation where um, I think he just already is a star, but I feel like he's going to blend into the team perfectly. Like, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be our leader, or best player next year, but I do think he's going to be, you know, like uh, a Sean said, like a, a total darling. Um, You know, he might, he might usurp OG pretty quickly. Who knows? Uh, You know, obviously I think when, when a player has a big rookie season, sometimes fans expect the trajectory to be straight up. So I'm, I'm leaving some space for that not to happen, but I I do think that, you know, Scotty is everyone should be excited. And I'm not trying to tamper that down at all. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm expecting big things. Let's uh, let's stick with you, Sean. And um, question number two is uh, where was I here? Um, Yes. So uh, what players, you know, personal development. And uh, if you can't already tell, I'm sort of not expecting a flashy uh, off season. (laughs) So I'm trying to gear the conversation towards development because obviously, you you know, you you hear the Rudy Gobert stuff. Now it's Deandre Ayton. I know Ryan, I know we want a big or whatever, but I I just feel like I've seen Masai and Bobby operate for too long. They, they've, they've found something that's good and they're just going to keep cooking it. They're going to marinate it. And, you know, I expect moves sort of like on the periphery here and it'll be stuff like Thaddeus young and we'll be like, what's that? Oh, really great. I see. (laughs) Um, uh, Or, Oh wow. Champagne developed. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of what the Raptors are right now, but uh, yeah, with that said, you know, what, Uh, Sean piece of like, what player do you think is going to affect our win loss record the most, um, with their development and, and what skill or skills will they develop?
3: Yeah, it's a good question because, like, I think you could definitely just say Scotty and this sort of your chalk answer. Like, if he yep. just gets a little bit better at everything, then oh god, he's an all star. And totally. like, I do think the sort of shape of the team next season is going to be sort of Siakam and Barnes are the dueling heads of the snake, and then everyone mm-hmm. else just kind of catches the threes that they create because they're amazing. Um, and so, I actually disagree with with your Fred all star take. I think it's more likely Scotty is an all star year two Ooh. than Fred is next season. I think. For Fred's, like, for for his well-being, I think it's, like, you got to trim him down to, like, 33 minutes a game and just have him work off ball as much as he can. Um, But, Scott, he's a boring answer. I'll say the answer to your big man prayers is Precious Achua. And and I think his development at the stuff that centers do is so, so important for next season. Like, he, Mm -hmm. on offense, I think, can kind of... Fill in that role a little bit, right? Like he's a good pick and pop guy, and he's you know he got to the point where Joel Embiid was scared of him hitting threes to the point that he was blown by him and dunking out his head. Uh, in the playoffs, he is a I think an improving role man as well. Which you know the early in the season, think of the number of like duffed lobs that there were between Fred and Precious, and how that kind of figured itself out as the season went along. And I just think his defense is so hilariously good. And whenever he's on, like he's guarding guards, he's guarding bigs. He is protecting the rim with like the best in the NBA. I think he can do the things you need from a center on the defensive end in particular. And really – the two things that he kind of has to figure out on offense are a, I think he has to prove the shooting is real. Like he was like 39% right. after the all-star break on like four attempts a game, which is great. But you know, he was like 32, 33 in the playoffs. And you know, who, who knows how real that is in the part right. of the season. Uh, but like, number one is like just screening. Like it's, it's a small thing, but like, For the first half of the season, I don't think he made contact on a single screen and there's just no space being created there. But if he becomes a better, more sort of sound, fundamental screener, takes a little bit out of Ken Birch's book of how to do illegal screens legally uh, and, you know, sort of, you know, carry on the grand tradition of Serge Ibaka in that in that regard. I think he is the guy that you start at center. You let Gary Trent Jr. live out his destiny as the sixth man he was always born to be. And you roll with the starting five of Fred OG, Siakam Barnes and Achua and give up no points. Then you'll average 80 points allowed per game or something like that. (laughs) I was looking at the lineup data for that lineup, like the Fred plus the four long dudes lineup. And it's hilarious. It's like, both sides of the moon in terms of heat uh, because Mm. on offense, they were like in the second percentile in the entire NBA in offensive efficiency, but they were in the 100th percentile of defense. And if precious just becomes a little bit better at sort of greasing the wheels of the offense with the screening, with the shooting, with this short roll passing stuff like that, like that is, Huge and makes it so, okay, yeah, maybe you get a big seven-footer for, like, insurance against some matchups, but against most teams, Precious Achua is going to be more than fine, and he's not only going to be able to guard the other team's center, but he can also switch out and guard the other team's point guard, too, if he wants to. I am, like, insanely high on Precious. I think he's going to be, like, all defense level next season. I think he's that good. Um, and if he can just refine things a little bit on offense and sort of add to the already sort of hilarious wing skills he has that to me is your answer at center. Precious Achua is your starting five. Yeah, you go small, but you're enormous across every other position. And I think you roll with that just fine. And you're looking at a team that can go and be this year's Grizzlies where they kind of go in surprise and win a ton of games more than you might have expected.
2: Yeah, um, I agree on all points. Uh, I'm also super high on Precious. Um, you know, as soon as we we made that trade, uh, you know, I, 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 said a million times, that, you know, Dragic had barely anything to do with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, Masai wanted his guy. That's, uh, you know, I, I still think that, you know, not trading Kyle that season is, is one of the most elite non moves that, uh, no one talks about. Uh, it, it's just Masai's patience. You don't want Taylor Horton Tucker. What? Come on. Uh- <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, but you know, obviously there's the maxi rumors and it's like, okay, well he's pretty good, but. That was also um,
3: never happening, man. Like that, that was right. All their reports are, they would like Maxi. The Sixers aren't giving him up. Like totally never, ever. The people who were like, oh, Raptors fans are morons. They thought Maxi was not like the, the return for, for Lowry that they needed. Like, no, that, that sure they would have. It just was never a thing that was happening. So what are we even talking about here?
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like, you know, especially seeing Maxi be that good that quickly. It's like, I have a feeling that the Sixers front office knew that, um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, to, to to that end, too, I feel like, you know, I, I've seen some Twitter action about like, oh, man, Miami, like, they didn't know what they had with Precious. And it's like, I think maybe they did. And I feel yeah. like they really, really wanted Kyle. Uh, for good reason. And um, there was sort of that tug of war between Riley and Masai. Like, can you imagine those two negotiating? Like, it's <laughs> it's probably, I mean, it's probably, yeah. Like, I don't know, rings on the table and Masai's like, whatever. Like, I, I don't care about your rings. I don't know.
3: It's less um, intimidating when you think about it being Masai uh, negotiating with Adrian Brody, but your point is taken.
2: Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? I've been watching a lot of winning time as well. And I feel like that's why, Uh, uh, that's why I'm like, I'm I'm unsure. I'm not saying that uh, Scotty isn't going to be an all-star next year. And I think that's a very, very good point. And like Fred is this like diminished role, you know, the point you made not diminished role, but like sort of like, yeah, it's Scotty rising up. I I just really think that, that Scotty is going to integrate himself like into the team in, in a way that is so perfect. And like, he might not even have the big stats boost people are looking at, but he might just be, you know, more aware on defense, a little bit better at the corner three. Like I see Scotty rounding the edges pretty quickly, but um, you know, to, to your precious point, uh, I I couldn't agree more. I don't know who floated it on Twitter, but uh, yeah, all four teams that are left uh, competing for the championship aren't playing a traditional center. And I just, don't think that's oh, any type of. I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Like, they don't yeah. need to. Uh, the speed of the game, you know, doesn't really, you know, need it as well. And yeah, I mean, look at, like, look, like, when people said Draymond, uh, you know, changed that position forever, they were right. And mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, you know, in the off season guys like precious and, and, you know, even Siakam and Barnes, you know, they're going to be watching tape of, of, of what, what Draymond does to blow up a play, Uh, how to switch a pick and roll and how to just cause, you know, nightmares for teams on defense. So, yeah, your precious points are, are well taken. I'm all the way in on precious. Uh, you know, I, yeah. But I was gonna say, ever since I saw or you, we made that trade. I watched some Nigeria highlights, and he was like amazing. He was doing everything. He's bringing up the ball, hitting threes. He was doing sort of what we saw uh, blossom late in the season. And I think he was just kind of overburdened, um, you know, at the beginning of the season without Siakam, uh, yeah. which I think is important.
3: You but, got all the off season PR for his uh, Olympic escapades where precious deserve just as much it needs to be said.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, agreed. Um, okay. Uh, Ryan, uh, who, who's your, who's your one player that's going to push the wins losses the most for the Raptors. Uh, and and you know with with some strong development and what uh, what exactly are they going to develop?
0: I also was like, easy first thing that came to my mind was Scotty, but you yep. know what? He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to have a great sophomore year, but it's not him. My answer is a little weird because he's a vet. It's Fred, and it's not in the numbers issue. I kind of like what Sean was saying. Like trim him down a couple minutes, but. I feel like he needs to come into his Chris Paul, Steve Nash mentality for the team next year. So I know he says in his, uh, uh, I guess the end uh, end interviews that, you know, 20 and seven isn't going to do it anymore. Like his numbers aren't going to do it anymore. And it's true. He got paid. Um, He is the leader of the team. Um, So he needs to come up and really take over this role that Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry left for him to take. So, I don't, again, think that he needs to, by any means, be like a, a 20 and 10 guy. It would be awesome if he is. Uh, but I feel like he needs to be the guy um, that will set up his teammates throughout the game in the first three quarters. Make sure that they're in the right spots. Control the game. Control the pace. Control the tempo. And And really in the fourth quarters when I want to see him start to be aggressive with his, with his jumper, kind of like Chris Paul, right? You see Chris Paul in the first three quarters, you know, he's making everyone, making sure everyone's uh, in the right spots, getting Devin Booker set up, getting these guys uh, like to look good, getting them paid. Uh, Sorry, DeAndre Ayton, but maybe that works out for us. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But, you know, just to get his team to the win and then fourth quarter time it's CP three time, right? This guy goes 14 for 14 for a game and all the damage is done in the fourth quarter when he closes it out. So I feel like Fred's mentality um, really, really actually accepting that Kyle Lowry role that I feel like he still can grow into and take uh, control of that game. I feel like we're going to see that from him. And I feel like he knows that just listening to him, talking that interview, he knows he's not there yet. And Sometimes, you know, seeing him take these three-point shots late in games where it's just like you're just jacking the shots up now. Like, come on, I need you to to really, like, you know, be precise, be lethal, be smart about that. And I feel like mentally we're going to see the growth uh, in Fred that's going to add up to these wins. Uh, we're probably going to be a good fourth-quarter team, I, That and that's what I really see. Um, I can honestly see him maybe working a two man game with precious, you know, that maybe they become a good pick and roll duo. If, if uh, this summer, uh, or even in, in the, in the training camps, I'm working with precious. I'm working with Scotty to, to get something that's lethal. You know what I mean? Like the best, the best one, two duos always have even Dwight Powell. Oh my God. I'm going to get to that later, but him and Luca, that <laughs> pick and roll, not a traditional center. Right. But that pick and roll when it works, at least, is it's lethal like it, it works so i i feel like kyle really so not kyle but fred really needs to to take that with this team and and you got a whole bunch of athletic guys that can do that so fred fred is that that guy for me
2: i like that you know i'm, I'm i i feel like you know at the beginning of the season i was probably too high on on fred's stats in terms of assists like i was just looking at he, he finished with 6.7 assists and I just felt that last year, I mean, I, I just, obviously I was excited for Scotty. Um, I, I, I never was down on Pascal, but I didn't really think it would be such a shared kind of like uh, offense in the way that it was. And, you know, I, I sort of thought that Fred had a chance at like some super high assist numbers, like nine assists a game sort of thing. And, you know, who knows, maybe that's coming. I, I, I do feel like with Scotty and Pascal, there's so much shared playmaking that maybe not, but yeah, maybe he just sort of like focuses on the margins there. Uh, You know, we'll get to this, but like, as, as Pat Bev would say, maybe he sort of finesses the game more. Uh, And, you know, like, I mean, sometimes like there's weird glimpses with Fred, right. Uh, I feel like I've seen him play against the Hawks and he gets frustrated that Trey, is like doing these like stupid plays to get calls. 40 footers. Uh, but yep. then he starts to do what, what, what he's kind of like, Hey, Trey, I can do that too. But I, I choose not to uh, like. Yeah. I, I, ethical I mean, basketball,
3: like, baby. We love it. <laughs> we love it.
2: We love it. But what if he did, what if he's a little less ethical? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, take some of that. Cause you know, Kyle would do some stuff that, uh, you know, no sacrilege here, but like, wasn't always ethical. Um, and oh, the grift king, man. The I, grift um, king. I adore like. him.
3: He misses grift so much. It's yeah. unbelievable.
2: They, they do. <laughs> um, And, and yeah, I, I could see Fred just basically like, you know, sinking his teeth even more into that leadership stuff like you know for i'm not a big college guy but because of fred i'm you know well aware of you know what he did in wichita and and yeah he he doesn't need the glory you know which then kind of goes back to sean's original thing where he might not be like hey i i want to be all-star he might just be like i want to be you know the leader of a, a 50 win team you know what I mean? Uh, so my my answer to this question is uh, is actually OG. Uh, and not in a sense where it's like, I feel like you know, with all the MIP conversation with OG, there was a statistical jump that people were expecting. And, and I'm not really necessarily expecting that. I just think that he's going to continue to diversify his game. He's going to continue to work on his dribble. Uh, hopefully he'll be on the floor more than 48 games. Uh, I do think, you know, he's not like necessarily injury prone, but he's kind of like on the unlucky side and, um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like OG is more than like a, you know, a Bridges style, like tertiary scorer guy. Like, I feel like he is not necessarily an all-star but like i i feel like he's he's just an incredible player who's going to find more and more of a way to even the way he shoots threes like he's a good spot-up shooter i think you know all it could take is him adding like a dribble into the shot and you know just like little things here and there like we're already seeing it like at the beginning of the year when when Pascal wasn't there i feel like we saw a lot of you know iso play from OG and, and that sort of thing so i just i see him integrating himself more into you know the starting lineup like when everyone's healthy everyone's clicking he's still going to be able to like make a a massive imprint in the game that isn't just defensive you know because i think that we all know how good and special og is defensively but um yeah that's maybe vague answer as far as like skill so I'll, i'll say dribbling I just feel like he's going to get even better at dribbling, uh, which, you know, unlocks a lot. Uh, Always so,
3: helpful. Always helpful to dribble more good.
2: It, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, and and I mean, also there's like, I remember when Marcus Sol first came to the Raptors, there was this like immediate contagious thing of like everyone being like, oh, passing is like super fun. So, <laughs> you know, maybe OG is like, hey, if Scotty's doing no looks all over the place, so am I. And like just stuff like that, like that kind of, contagiousness. Um, But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into some NBA talk. uh maddie good sir uh, i know you're there i uh, still wearing your uh leaf hat uh bless the boys in blue no that's not <laughs> 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 you know what i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't even know what that means um, yeah dog ford propaganda what is
3: going
1: on
2: here <laughs> i know as soon as i said it, i was like huh um Well, I'm clearly a bandwagon fan, right? (laughs) Uh, uh, Okay, I love those Blue Jays. You know what I mean? Um, Okay, let's uh, let's get going with some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, give me your 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 weirdest tinny sounding robot uh, NBA sting. (laughs) This
1: This is is Adam Adam Silver. Silver.
2: Okay. You keep me on my toes, buddy. <laughs> I was like, what's next? You know, yeah. The, this is a Chris Cuomo thing. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Maddie, you're, you're in the house here. All right. um, I mean, you know, this, uh, we usually don't comment on first take uh, on this pod. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know, that's not our lane, but uh, I mean, like, I don't know. It was fun and insane and Pat Bev. uh, I I mean, I'm not really a Pat Bev fan. Like I don't (laughs) like dirty plays. I wasn't like, yay. When he pushed Chris Paul in the back um, or injured Westbrook, but I do like entertainment. uh, And, and I mean, one of my favorite basketball moments of all time is when, um, yeah, LaVar and uh, like when LaVar was, you know, at his peak and he was just, being insane every day. So uh, yeah, Pat Bev goes on first take and just like slander central. Um, and <laughs> it's it's like when you're hanging out with a friend and it's like accountability is like not a part of the conversation. And they're, they're just, there's like this stone face where like they're, they're saying stuff and they're so confident that like, it's funny, but like you, you don't know how to navigate. Like if, if Pat Bev came on and was like, I'm taller than Kareem. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if he's like uh like 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 LeBron can't dunk. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If he's like I'm a better shooter than Steph, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause he he's the type of person who, you know, there's some truth to some of the things he's saying, but just uh, the outright confidence is uh <laughs> it was it was wild, you know. It was it was it was petty, it was fun, it was uh it was a good time. Um, so with that said, uh I want you guys to all imagine that you were on a uh, first take or first take of sorts and you got to go on there and just say a bunch of stuff that didn't, you know, you weren't necessarily going to be held to like, this is about the ratings. Let's uh, let's start with you, Ryan. Um, yeah. What are you going on? Who are you talking about? What are you saying?
0: Well, <clears throat> recency bias and my uh, state as a Mavs fan I'm not going to trash CP3's game, but I'm going to trash the mentality of Devin Booker and CP3 because these guys, sorry, it's more the Suns fans. Um, Wait, you're just doing the Pat Bev thing?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing the Pat Bev thing. The
0: Pat Bev thing was dirty. He He made it sound like CP3 is not a Hall of Fame point guard, not this guy, not, I'm not doing that. And also it sounded like he
3: didn't just get eliminated in the first round himself,
0: but right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't talk when you're behind, but like Luka Doncic says, you can't talk when you're up. My guy unlocked his Michael Jordan badge uh, in this series. And he said, Hey, everyone want to talk when you're up. So all week I'd be on first take talking about how Devin Booker and Chris Paul, Talked the most crap to Luca and the Mavs. Even in game one, I think it was a layup that Jalen Brunson went for against Devin Booker. We all know Jalen Brunson is not of height, but he (laughs) felt the need to, for some reason, to to tell him, get the bleep out of here. And he was talking trash in the first two minutes of the game. All series long, Suns fans on Twitter, the Suns players, just talking down to the Mavs, just like, like they didn't deserve to be there and it was just sweet sweet victory to get that game 7 and just absolutely put them in their place like i lost i was yelling at my tv nonstop all game i couldn't believe what i was seeing and i was just like they deserve every little bit of this they oh my god the 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 just the comments and the parallels—I that—that's my word this year because the 2011 team is the 2021, 2022 maths. Just everything that's happened—it's like you got LeBron and D Wade mocking Dirk in 2011 mm-hmm. for the for the flu game, and then what does Devin Booker and Chris Paul do? They go in their post game interview, and when the the reporters just asking them a question, hey well, uh, what do you think about Luca? Like, how do you stop him? They're looking at each other like, oh, oh, we, we got this. Luke, What? who the hell is Luca? What is this? And I'm just like, you know what? No, 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 no. And the pettiness in the game when Luca's just trying to get the ball to the ref and Devin has to knock it out of his hands and he's, you just see it in Luca's face. It's just like, okay, okay, I got you. The Michael Jordan with the bat in the locker room with the cigar in his mouth kind of like Walking Dead. I can't remember the guy's name, the guy famous for with the bat, but that's that's what Luca did to them. And it was absolutely beautiful. Just petty smiles after Dagger 3, after Dagger 3, after Dagger 3. And I would just be slandering that mentality that Devin Booker thinks he has because he thinks he's the second coming of Kobe Bryant, which he's clearly not. So Suns, Suns fans, (laughs) the Suns players, Enjoy Kanku, <laughs> I love it. Okay. You,
2: you, 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 uh, you, you, you took it right at Devin Booker. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I will say I, I was probably, I don't know, I guess too high in the Suns. I thought it was kind of cool that their first time in the playoffs last year that uh, Booker and Aiden made the finals. I thought that was sort of special. But, um, yeah, I guess they were talking shit and uh, didn't go well for them. And, um yeah, for Maps fans, this is uh, it's a good time. For Luca fans, this is a good time. Don't respect uh, the Raptor. Don't disrespect the Raptor. Yeah, you know, you know that's what? That's the biggest lesson here. That's what Luka did it for. <laughs> you know not,
1: what? what?
3: I was a little suspect of the take of the, the anti-sun slander here, but now I'm on board. I forgot about that. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, totally justified, and karma is a bitch. <laughs> right
2: so, you know and Look even even if, you, even if you mess with stripes that's not okay either you yeah know? <laughs> no. um yep. g league right.
3: players be warned
2: yeah yeah are you in the g league <laughs> are you thinking about messing with stripes don't okay <laughs> um okay uh yeah sean you, you it's it's your turn for slander you're on a first take of sorts who are you going off on you know without accountability
3: Look, man, I more than anyone, am upset that we live in a world where the Boston Celtics are good, where they're probably (laughs) going to win the fucking title. Uh, It it sucks. It's a nightmare. It really, really makes it's really spoiled my entire playoff watching experience. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Like to know I was excited about that Bucks Celtics series because I thought for sure Giannis was going to pull it out. Me too. didn't happen, and now we're in a world where Jason Tatum is getting all of the love that Luka Doncic is getting, even though he's clearly <sighs> less good. But um, I would go on first take and just do Jason Tatum slander. Talk about how he, uh, you know, has keeps on crumbling in the playoffs and conference finals and home games where he's got a chance to close out against inferior teams. Talk about how Pascal Siakam is better, actually. Talk about how, uh, you know, he's Kobe poisoned and has uh, like a, a terrible shot selection and all this stuff. He's going to be in our lives for the next like 13, 15 years. I don't know how long until he's like nineteen right now. It's never going away. I hate it. It's miserable. So I need the outlet to just say things that are perhaps wrong about how bad Jason Tatum actually is a basketball. It's miserable. And it sucks too, because like if this Celtics team was in any other Jersey, I'd be like, man, that team's cool as hell. Yeah. That guy rocks. That guy rocks. Marcus smarts. Cool. But they are the Celtics. And so they can fuck off. And I will not, <laughs> I hope I can swear on the pod. There was a, 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 a swear and a sting. So I'm assuming our, Oh uh, yeah, you're good. You're uh, good. Uh, yeah. the the Celtics I would go on first take every single day just to say slander about them because they need to be knocked down a peg they're the Celtics they don't deserve good things to happen to them Brad Stevens is getting all these plaudits as a good executive for trading for the corpse of Al Horford and having it work out no thank you we're going on first take and we're just slandering it's first Tatum I don't know that was bad but yeah Jason Tatum's getting (laughs) all of the shots because he's going to be in our lives and undeniably awesome at basketball for the rest of time it seems the heat of the earth uh, becomes too much to bear uh, so we got to do it while we can <laughs>
2: yeah. i love how you, you brought in like uh, a climate change element at the end there
3: yeah, um, yeah. It, it it brings me the same existential dread as climate change to, <laughs> to know that the, the the Celtics have figured their shit out. You know how great it was four months ago when they were melting down and it seemed like, the- oh, they're going to trade Jalen Brown. Everyone's going to get fired. Tatum's going to ask out. And then they learn how to play defense <laughs> and Ime Odoka becomes an amazing coach and Jason Tatum figures it out. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it sucks. It's a nightmare. And I don't want to watch <laughs> the Eastern Conference Finals as a result.
2: Uh, I want to see. I want to see first Tatum uh, with you. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like you know this could be almost like a fringe play too. Like you could just go off. I mean, uh, we all Malik Monk with good PR. What are we talking about here? <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. I I, I feel like uh, I'm gonna have a. Well, that was kind of my answer. So I'm gonna I'm 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 going through a backup right now because uh, Marcus Smart as defensive player of the year
3: Piss me off. Also, um, just a wrong decision. But we don't. This is not first Tatum. You t- yes. t-
2: carry on, Freddie. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're 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 welcome. All the Celtics hate is always welcome here. Um, Maddie, what's your what's your first take vibe? Who are you going after? What are you saying?
1: Oh, I'm so glad this guy wasn't picked. I'm a little shocked. And, you know, I would have let him go, you know, from the start of the season. We were all mad at him. And I thought, you know, he's on his new team and everything, and it was just going to go away. But then the Raptors lost in six, and he had to tweet some funny emoji faces. And that's Goran Dragic. I'm going on first take. And we're going to talk about Dragic a little bit. We're going to talk about how you think Cuban is going to write you a check next year and add you to Doncic? You think you're the piece at 36? You know, you think uh, you couldn't have learned something staying with the team, staying with a a rookie of the year? You couldn't have given him a little bit more leadership than five games? Come on, Dragic. And then you do those emojis. (laughs) The emojis got you, eh? The emojis after
3: getting swept himself. After getting swept
1: himself. (laughs) Joining this Slender, weird, like this isn't slander. It's just facts. <laughs> it's i am,
3: I'm just
0: reporting real news. Why did he think that was a good idea? <laughs> I You're just... describing
3: sports center, Maddie D. That's <laughs> <laughs>
0: true.
1: It's true. I guess uh, it's, it's well-earned slander. Everyone's going to agree with me and uh, it'll be a very short segment, but um <laughs> yeah, I do think, you know, he's, we all know how it started with, you know, the reports that were coming out. And then how it ended is with, you know, us after us being eliminated. And I just think I was just shocked. And I know we talked about it on our Raptors Republic roundtable. A lot of people said, you know, Drogic was the most disappointing. But I just think you're a vet. You're a veteran player. You've played on great teams. And, you know, there's just a better way to present yourself, especially when, you know, you are looking for a job next year and you got to prove something. What are you bringing as a vet if you, you know kinda of give up pretty easy. So I'd be I'd be talking about dragon
2: nice take that take that Goran Dragic uh you know take that Zoran Dragic his brother you know yeah. he hey, doesn't hey, deserve he did nothing wrong yeah,
3: you know? he did nothing wrong at all Slovenian but... national team legend all right leave him alone <laughs> I he just is.
2: that's just me proving to myself that I remember his name <laughs> um that's really all that is uh well mine you know probably would have been Celtics uh and, and you know, I think similar to Sean Uh, because I I just can't be very accountable with this. It's just like a feeling, but I always like, I I, I like friend, friendly style leadership. I don't like tough guy style leadership. And uh, I've always been bothered by Jimmy Butler. So I'd go off on Jimmy Butler, who's like the NBA cool guy, but I mean, cool guys are bullies a lot of the time. And, you know, they're not necessarily nice, but Jimmy's also been undeniable, So that's why, you know, this is a slander segment. He's been incredible. Uh, And, you know, he showed up uh, when you're supposed to in the finals. But, you know, uh, he had the help of Goran Dragic, surprisingly, to get there. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'd go off on Jimmy just a little bit. Uh, I I definitely enjoyed the, you know, the Miami kind of like whatever happened there with Spo and Haslam. And Haslam saying like, you know, Rachel Doris, save your career. Uh, we're oh, sorry, Rachel Doris. Oh, god. Um, who, who, who was, who did Jimmy get to interview him in that like theatrical Minnesota thing? Oh, god, Doris Burke it might have been Doris Burke. Was it Doris? Yeah, yeah, I think oh, it, was it was Doris Burke. Yeah, I'm
3: not
2: sure. You know, he did the whole thing. He went into practice and like yelled at a bunch of young guys and was like, I'm a real winner. And I just like, I'm an intimidating guy i guess so you know that's that's my unaccountable slander because i i know the reality is that jimmy's uh friggin awesome so we gotta get jimmy butler canceled for workplace misconduct right (laughs) see you know what i mean and you know i'm holding on to maybe just a little bit of like like you know him being best friends with kyle and it's like hey fred's best friends with kyle so you know (laughs) there's some of that there too but um uh, i also love spo and i don't know the Heat are cool too but, uh, yeah, cool guys, I don't know. I don't know about cool guys. Uh, maybe that's just the, the angry nerd in me talking. But, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I've revealed myself too much. Let's move on to the uh, <laughs> the last segment here. Um, uh, I'll go with you first, Sean. And, uh, yeah, we'll just do kind of like a quick touch on of the four remaining teams, the, uh, the Heat, the Mavericks, uh, the Celtics, and um, and the Warriors, uh, you know, what's the most compelling narrative f- for you?
3: Got to say, it's pretty grim. Final Four. Uh, I don't like any of these teams very much, and uh, I don't really root for them to have any success. I I think it has to be the Warriors, considering they're like the old heads who are mm-hmm. like trying to win it again without KD, proving that like they they were still obviously a dynastic team without him. Um, so I, I think it's probably them. I think they're gonna get destroyed by luca and uh, it's gonna be a bloodbath but um Mm. like i'm i think i'm rooting for the warriors to pull it off because i always like it when the sort of old heads are kind of back for one last try it's documentary stuff frankly i want to watch the the last dance warriors version in 15 years and i think them getting it done taking down luca and then taking down whatever godforsaken team comes out of the east like that to me is a pretty compelling arc for the Warriors, even if I don't necessarily think they're going to make it past Luka Doncic, uh,
2: great answer, and and I think compelling is the key word because I, I I'm with you. I, I know Ryan, you love the Mavs, but like you know, I'm not rooting for any particular team. Warriors, yeah, it's a it's a fun story. You know, I think uh, people wondered what they could do post Durant, and they've kind of like doubled down on this good feeling stuff. They got Pool and Kaminga and. I don't know. There's uh the Warriors are are kind of like organic uh, somehow again. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's cool and yeah. So it's, it's full documentary, uh, it's full sports documentary stuff. Uh, Ryan, who's your? I mean, I, I feel like I'm setting you up here. If it's if you're like you know what, not the Mavs. That that would the be a Celtics. Yeah, that'd be a fun. Deal. <laughs> Watching them
0: lose them. would be very compelling. It's fair, right? <laughs> um. Honestly, I'll say, I'll explain this without being a homer because I, I I sometimes I just hate picking my own team, but I'm looking at the four narratives. It's like the Warriors is cool. The dynasty is back, right? Yeah. You got the three guys, Clay, Dre, and Steph um, doing it without KD because a lot of the hate that they get is, oh, they couldn't beat the Cavs those two times without Kevin Durant. They couldn't beat them with the super team. So the fact that they're back and they're doing it with the original core again without another fourth person that that's kind of a cool narrative. So cool, the dynasty's back. You look at the Heat. What narrative is there really? It's I guess redemption. Jimmy trying Butler's hard, <laughs> trying to go back to the finals. Trying to go back to the finals. I yes. guess Kyle Lowry getting the second ring. I you could rub that in people's face that that may cement his Hall of Fame status if he gets that second one because a lot of people don't want to put him in there yet. Um, Spose coaches a Spose greatness as a coach. Um, I'm not really into that. Uh, and then the Celtics, you got the fact that they were dead in the winter, like they were written off and then mm-hmm. they just pull this amazing run to get at, to the top of the East at one point. Um, and then Tatum's rise to, you know, superstar. stardom. Uh, unfortunately we hate it, but it's, it's truth, but then you get to the Mavs and I don't think I'm being a homer. It's just like, there's just so much parallels to 2011. It's like, it's beautiful. Like the way that game seven ended, Dirk's in the crowd. The same guy that had to lead a bunch of role players to a championship. Luka's doing the same thing. You look at the the four teams. The Mavs roster is the worst of all four of them. Like, the Mavs do not have a guy that is consistently number two. It could be Dinwiddie. It could be Brunson. It could be freaking Maxi Kleba hitting four threes out of nowhere. It's like, the Mavs roster is similar to 2011 where it's like one single star and then a bunch of... Savvy, not even savvy, just decent role players where if they do their job, they can do amazing things. And then you just have the turmoil of that I don't know how freaking you guys go on mass Twitter, but we ha- we went to war with Mark Cuban this year for the decisions he's made. You have Jason Kidd, the stuff that he did in the past that just made this whole hiring like the worst. And then now everyone's coming around, it's like, okay, well, if we're looking at basketball, yeah. He's 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 that coach. Um the just the the fighting with Mark Cuban back and forth, Luca Doncic's arrival as a top three player, people can fight me on it, but right now he's looking like that guy. It's just there's just so much with the Mavs, just from from beefing with the owner, the parallels to Luca and Dirk, Luca's arrival. I just think it's it's 30 for 30 stuff. It's it's emulating just like what you want in in seeing somebody just overcome. So I think there's just a lot to, to the Mavs and the fact that nobody thought we would even be here, so. What a homer.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Homer. Is that you, Maddie? <laughs> Sneaking I'm in a there. Homer. In I am in a homer. I am a homer.
0: Ryan,
3: that was going to be my backup <laughs> choice. So the, yeah. the Mavs were yeah. my second option. I, I think it's cool that like Luca to me, I know this is probably a comparison. You don't want to hear Ryan, but uh, it kind of reminds me of like 0607 Cleveland where LeBron just like destroyed everybody and was like, hi, I'm LeBron. I'm here now. Your lives are going to suck for the next 15 years. Uh, and then, like, you know, you got your Naxi Kleba is the Danielle Marshall. You got Ira Noble is the Jalen Brunson. I don't know. I'm just naming players from the roster. I pulled it up. Don't worry. I don't have Ira yeah. Noble pulls up. The head. I'm not that stiff. But, uh, <laughs> that, I think that's like a pretty compelling thing. Like, oh, yeah, no, Luca just might own the league now. And that is, uh, you know, Sucks for everybody else and sucks for people who want Mark Cuban to be sad. Me, but, uh, Oh, I do too. I do too. Compelling. There you go.
0: (laughs) I do too. Cuban as much, as much as I'm a Mavs fan. Sometimes I like to say that the front office can go. I'm, I'm with the players. I've been a dirt guy. I've been a Nash guy, a kid guy. Well, for the most part, basketball wise, the franchise uh, front office, nasty stuff, but, the players have always been good to me, so we'll stick with that.
3: Thank <laughs> yeah. God they got rid of Porzingis. Otherwise, they would be truly loathsome. But now yes. they've got a little bit less of that yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. and, and uh I, I agree. It's kind of like hard to marry those things sometimes. But, yeah, on, on court, uh, I mean, I think the Mavs and the Warriors, like, are the answer here. Uh, I'll just, uh you know, wrap it up, but I'll say that – um just to just to pick a different team and i know me and uh, and sean were going off on the celtics but perhaps a compelling narrative is like is this the birth of a dynastic situation with how good smart brown and tatum all are perhaps you know and i i, I, I hate to think that i mean i just the celtics have honestly tortured me during, like especially during my like you know genesis as a raptors fan like the The Pierce knee to Bosch, like there's just so many moments. uh, You know, Garnett clapping at uh, Jose Calderon. Like I just, I truly hate that team and that franchise (laughs) and that city. But I I think there's a compelling element. I'm just going back into the slander thing. But um, yeah, no, I, I, you guys have the answers I like the most. So uh, Paul Pierce (laughs) pooping. Remember what's that? Paul Pierce faking a, a injury to poop. My brother just walked me through that. He's like, he he went through the all like, there's like pictures. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Fair enough. And he's like, and Paul Pierce denies pooping. And I'm like, fair enough, dude. Uh, shout out my my little brother, Thomas. He really, he knows the intricacies of that, that pooping story. Um, I guess, yeah, check it out, you know, if you want folks, but, um, yeah, uh, great pod guys. Thank you both so much. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll cap it here, but, uh, uh, Ryan, let me go to you. Um, you know, uh, Obviously, everyone, please check out Below the Hardwood. But uh, yeah, is there anything you want to plug?
0: Yeah, just uh, Below the Hardwood. Uh, right now, we're kind of just on an end of round uh, schedule. So we're actually recording one later tonight uh, just to give our final predictions because everyone changes their predictions every single round. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I guess I'll end it off with Mavs in six. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to end it off with Celtics in six. So I dare you. There you. Go, um, Sean,
2: what's up? Uh, Locked on Raptors, of course. Uh, anything else you yeah. want to plug?
3: Yeah, Locked on Raptors, you can check that out. I want to plug reading the Paul Pierce pooping story. Because uh, <laughs> anytime we can expose him stealing valor from those with IBS, I think it's an important thing we can do. Um, and yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I do some blogs at raptorshq.com once in a while as well. But mostly Locked on Raptors every day on your podcast apps and on YouTube.
2: Hell yeah. Well, uh, uh that's about it for the pod. Uh thanks to everyone who listens and supports. Uh Maddie D, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to the Confederacy
1: of Dunks exclusively on the Rapcast.